0: And welcome to a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Well, the beef industry has come a long way over the last 30 years, but John Sticka, president of Certified Angus Beef, says there's always room for
1: improvement. As we talk about genetics, you know, to make genetic progress, you have to begin to find those buyers and those genetic lines that move you forward. And I know, you know, we were at record quality grade levels that we've seen in our industry, but I, I would I would come back and say that uh, we can we can still do better. I think we can still continue to put more marbling in these cattle. Sticker says the cattle industry has not reached its maximum potential just yet. We've not arrived. We haven't uh, put enough in just yet. And I don't say that out of opinion. I say that because the economics that are there. We've uh, really doubled the volume of certified Angus beef, certified cattle out there over the last several years, and yet the premiums paid continue to go up. I think that speaks to the demand that's there for quality for our brand, for Prime, for other brands as well.
0: It is critical to select for multiple traits, Sticker says, to ensure traits are not being left behind. The cattle industry has come a long way, he added, since the 1991 National
1: Beef Quality Audit. When one out of every four steaks was tough, and today tenderness uh, really isn't a concern. We've done such a great job as an industry to address those challenges that we had early on, and if we measure and we know the areas where we're falling short as an industry, I think the beef cattle industry is as good an example of any of producers who come together with solutions to move the business forward in a way that increases demand and hopefully continues to drive that profitability at the ranch level
0: because beef prices are higher and consumers continue to purchase sticka says that is proof that consumers love beef products well a new study from iowa state university finds 80 percent of iowa farmland is owned debt-free wendong zhang did the research for iowa state university and shares some of the reasons behind the debt-free ownership of iowa farmland
2: The recent higher commodity price increase, especially over the past two years, and the record high government payments has essentially contributed to this.
0: Zhang says this is especially true for older farmers. He says younger
2: farmers, it's not the case. The beginning farmers and the younger generation landowners are disproportionately relying on loans.
0: Now, he says most of those younger farmers relying on loans are in their 30s and 40s. The average age of an Iowa farmland owner is around 70, while the average age of a farmer who's still actively farming is around 60. Well, dairy farmers report they are being told to dump milk by cooperatives. Brian Doherty of Total Farm Marketing says there are many factors leading to milk dumping.
2: You've got this sort of collision, if you will, of you're getting to the time of the year where kids are out of school, you don't have your fluid demand for milk, You've got an economy that's all kinds of mixed signals, but the bottom line is rising interest rates over the last 12 months. And you've got dairy producers who saw really high prices in the industry. That's just how economics work. When high prices come around, you produce more.
0: All of those factors coming together, Doherty says, could create an environment where dairy farmers are producing more milk than perhaps needed, yet provide opportunities.
2: I think higher prices gave producers opportunities to hedge milk, to sell ahead, take advantage of some of the insurance products that have paid dividends. And so we're prolonging the length of the herd, that is the size of the herd. Plus you have high beef prices, where all of a sudden you're dropping beef calves that are worth a lot of money. So you end up producing more byproduct, which is milk. So I call this phase two. Phase one is when you're producing more. Phase two is when, hey, our dollar revenue is sinking, we need to produce more.
0: And he offers this advice for dairy producers.
2: When I look at, let's say, where the futures market is, and I look at July milk, let's just say we're $16 today, down 53 But when I look at, let's say, November 1875, so you've got a pretty good premium there. And that premium really reflects your expectations of probably herd liquidation, better demand, those type of things. That hasn't come to bear fruit yet. So until you see some kind of a, you know, a positive, I would say, stay the course of being those defensive on those back bonds on the theory that we extended the time period that we continue to produce because we just came from higher prices, which offered those risks shifting opportunities. Continue to look to your tools, whether they be hedging with futures for contracting insurance, and then how to do it both ways.
0: And again, that's Brian Doherty of Total Farm Marketing. While the Corn Belt has remained abnormally dry to start the summer, however, the latest drought monitor does report some improvements since the previous week. Heavy rains fell this past week across some of the western parts of the central and southern Great Plains, especially in the Texas Panhandle and western Oklahoma and Kansas, leading to widespread improvements to ongoing drought in the western Great Plains. Increased drought occurred in the Midwest and western portions of the northeast, while in the west, some minor improvements occurred in parts of Nevada, Utah, and Idaho. Krista Swanson, the lead economist for the National Corn Growers Association, says the dry weather is likely to stick around another month or so.
1: The abnormally dry area in the United States um, expanded greatly and now encompasses uh, mostly all of the U.S. Corn Belt. Over the next month, the drought area is expected to develop further, uh, particularly in the Midwest.
0: However, relief could be coming soon.
1: The good news is, is that uh, there's about a 90% chance of of the El Nino climate phase moving into play in the next couple months. And generally that brings favorable weather to the U.S. Corn Belt.
0: Swanson made those comments as part of the second episode of NCGA's new Mays Market Minute. Well, Clean Fuels Alliance America and 75 industry stakeholders delivered a letter to President Joe Biden last Thursday. The letter urged the president to ensure the Environmental Protection Agency substantially increases the biomass-based diesel and advanced biofuels volumes in the renewable fuel standards for 2023, 2024, and 2025. The letter points out that EPA's proposed volumes fall far below the industry's current production and, if finalized, would undermine investments in the industry's expansion. EPA is expected to finalize the RFS volumes by June 14th. The letter states, quote, The low volumes threaten the ability of new market sectors like marine and aviation to decarbonize in the near term, end quote. Now, Clean Fuels was joined in the letter by several national industry associations and their members, including American Soybean Association, 22 different states' soybean associations, Diesel Technology Forum, National Energy and Fuels Institute, the National Oil Seed Processors Association, North American Renderers Association, and U.S. Canola Association. Well, also in 2022, the United States exported more than 450,000 metric tons of cheese Valued at approximately $2.3 billion. USDA's Economic Research Service reports that top export markets include Mexico, South Korea, Japan, Australia, and Canada. U.S. cheese is a mainstay among imported cheeses in these countries. In 2022, U.S. cheese accounted for nearly one-fifth of cheese imported by Canada and Japan by value and nearly one-fourth of cheese imported by Australia. More than 43% of cheese shipped to South Korea originated from the United States. U.S. cheese dominates the import market in Mexico, with 87% of Mexico's cheese imports coming from the United States in 2022. Altogether, these five countries have accounted for nearly two-thirds of U.S. cheese exports since 2019. That's going to do it for American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.